Hi, it's Moss Wheeland. The uh, podcast is Story in Mind. The, I'm not sure you know, how, how much of it is... Uh, <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, let's see. It's... Uh, the book birthday. The book birthday is today. Is it today? Uh, yes. So, one year ago, the book, uh, uh, the book was launched. Uh, the book was put into orbit. And so I'm having a, a moment. I'm having that, uh, I remember when it came out, and I, it was just... Of course, it wasn't like how I thought it would be. I had this sort of... I, I, I was two-sided about it. I thought, on one hand, that it was going to be this sort of life-changing event. You know, it's like, oh, and now it's real, and I've become the thing that I wanted to become. And You know, that's... Uh, uh, that didn't happen. Like, you know, the, the sort of like... Uh, you know, everything just fits into place and is perfect. And almost like those moments writing or even editing when uh, a, a scene works, you know, or you've, you've fixed the, the plot hole or uh, resolved some kind of complication in the manuscript and the story. But that didn't happen. <laughs> Not immediately. It took a very... I'm still getting used to it. I'm still... Uh, just... I think it was yesterday, uh, Patrick Bolivar, uh, unofficial critique partner, were critiquing each other's work, and... Uh, and, too, that's going well, but at one point he said, you know... Oh, this is awesome, because he's looking at the sequel to Greyhawk of Terrapin and, you know, giving some really uh, great feedback, you know, from the reader perspective. <clears throat> and so, uh, but he also said, uh, oh, I'm going to have to pick up uh, your book. Uh, I'm going to have to take a look at it, you know, because sort of to sort of get a, get a hold of, uh, you know, what's happening. And I immediately sort of like uh, clenched up, right? Just, huh? you know, and I was like, uh, but it was also, you know, also, I also said thank you. So uh, that's, uh, that's a good development. You know, instead of running off and hiding, um, why would you do that? I think uh, obviously it becomes so uh, important, like, you know, and really, it depends on how much time you've put into it. I, I've put a ton in, and it's... Uh, the the bad thing about it is, say, when it defines you, that sort of... I was talking with um, Johannes Steger, another writer on Twitter. He's down in Texas, and he does uh, fantasy and coffee, F and Q... No, F and C, sorry. Uh, but we were talking about... Um, I, I, I use the term asp is it aspiration. 
like when uh, approval, when you want people's approval, when it becomes, you know, it's this desperation, right? You know, please, you know, like me or just even <laughs> tolerate me, right? Just say, you know, like, oh, oh, yeah, you're okay, right? Uh, it's right back to uh, high school or any situation, and you you want to fit in. You know, where does that come from? Why is there this, you know, thing in the brain of, uh, you know, like me, want me, need me? And uh, it's, it's, it's not the greatest thing because, you know, that destroys people. And, you know, wanting to be, wanting to be in the spotlight and and yet not you know that you know i've got the flip side too of um the top 20 publishers you know declined they rejected it they said no and um it is out it is out and about and i i'm warming up to the idea as well of marketing it i i'm not on board with the the buy my book crew you know say when you get the the messages and stuff and it's a it's a way of doing it but I I I really don't think it's the it just doesn't feel like it's the best way and I'm trying to think of no I don't think I've ever done I don't think I've ever done it uh I get close just uh just this last week, my publisher sent me, <coughs> excuse me, they sent me a, um, a graphic uh, encouraging people to request the book at their local library. And, and I... Um, I, I, I was of the yes and no mind. Like, I had to sit there and i go, okay, how do I do this? Like, how do I do this so it's not offensive, right? You know, that you're not sort of scrolling through, you know? And uh, because what happens is, or say, what, what I do is if I'm scrolling through and somebody's hitting me with, you know, in one day, you know, I or just even... In an hour, I'll get three ads. Everything you post, right? Uh, so it's this repetition, and you know, I I don't know anything about this person. You know, and we're supposed to be following each other. There's been no contact. Uh, I could do a better job of that. I could be, you know, reaching out to these people when when they um, when we're following. I see that sometimes. Some people will, before they follow back, they'll say, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's a, I want to shift gears. I want to do that because, you know, then I can kind of filter and I can avoid people who are just marketing. You know, yes, (laughs) yes, I and the other writers, we are marketing, but we're also, or the people that I want to, hang out with are having a good time and encouraging each other and why because it's process it's not just over it's synergy 
I want to know about you. I want to know about your work. What kind of writer you are. You know, how can I support you? Um, buy my book. No, no, no. You know, I'm in it for the long haul. Buy my book, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, well, you know, we're not, uh, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go down that avenue. I think, I think it's an inspector here. Yeah, meter. Meter reader? Yeah. Uh, so, let's see. That's an interesting... I'm sure it's not interesting, but... You know. Uh, it's a job. Uh, walking, walking around checking um, meters. Uh, uh, gas? I guess it would be not. Is it natural gas reader? You know, and sort of they're inspecting the meter at the side of the house. There's this orange, orange vest. I'm thinking too. I got to pick up one of those, some some kind of orange vest um, because I am walking around sometimes at uh, you know four in the morning and it's it's uh, as black as let's see. An, an espresso made in Narni, Italy. And Narni is uh, the older name for the city, or the, the, this place in Italy is Narnia. And that's where C.S. Lewis gets Narnia from. He saw it on a map and was inspired. And the current name for the place is Narni. So if you ever want to go to Narnia, you know, book a ticket to Italy. Actually, that's on my list uh, because I, I'm slowly doing Italy. That's the plan. I've done a bit of Italy and I want to keep going. And I think that, that I want to make that the core of the adventure is to, is to get to Narnia, right? Even though I know. Uh, but still, you know, I could, I, could, <laughs> I could post it on social media. Hey! How's it going? You know, uh, I'm having an, an an espresso in Narnia. The secret I've learned about espressos is you put a um, shot of sugar in it, and that's apparently that that's how the Italians do it. Uh, I don't know if you've tried espresso, but it's this bitter and intense. Uh, I'll do it, but what I noticed I started doing was I would. I would dump it, uh, or some of it, onto a cheesecake, New York cheesecake, uh, which to me is, you know, that's cheesecake. Any other cheesecake is kind of weird, uh, except if it has some kind of chocolate syrup or something like that. But yeah, so uh, I, was, I was just looking it up somewhere, and the way to do it is uh, put some sugar in it. And I've tried it, and it and it works. It's sort of like the cheesecake thing. It's like how can I, how can I level this off? Why would you drink espresso? You haven't drunk enough coffee, you know, to ask that question. So, you know, if you don't understand, drink more coffee, <laughs> and then get back to me, <laughs> and then we'll have some espresso together. Uh, 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 uh. 
coffee is not good, don't drink coffee, uh, but sometimes, sometimes you gotta do it. Uh, the birthday. Birthday blues? I don't know about you, but I have had birthday blues. I've been very, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, I remember having, as a kid, I would have birthday parties, and I just, I, I just couldn't do it. You know, I didn't want to do it, I couldn't do it, I was, uh, the worst one was where they held the party without me, right? And that's where I realized it, it wasn't for me. And, uh, you know, it wasn't necessary for me to be there, and I wasn't, uh, I wasn't being taken into, um, account, that's life. I mean, if I could go back, though, I would have said, you know, hey, <laughs> maybe somebody, you know, maybe we could, you know, uh, I don't know, get one of my childhood friends. We could, you know, oh, Moss is having some kind of difficulty. You know, let's get somebody in here. Um, but, you know, it's about taking responsibility now. I th I'm I'm proud that I did a video. You know, because the the whole state of the thing is you know, I don't have to put on, you know, a show. I am, you know, this is it's something the book is something I'm I'm happy about. I'm happy about how you know, the it just how it eventually came about and why. Because because it's mine. It's mine. I did it. Um it, it wasn't something that, you know, the upper echelon wanted, but I kept going with it, and I made it more mine, and even though I was, you know, told things like, you know, don't, don't have, you know, my Native American, or my Native Canadian, I should say, the First Nations uh, main character, don't, don't do that, right, and, uh, it's not, it's not sort of, it's not too late, you know, all of those, all of that, um, all of this stuff, you know, that just wasn't me. And to the whole process, I'm getting closer and closer. I remember uh, David Bowie say, getting older, it's like becoming more of oneself, more of yourself, right? So I think he said, it's like, I'm becoming more of myself. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's tough, but you know those moments, you know where where you are yourself. That's awesome. <laughs> the birthday video is uh, behind the scenes. The cake we got, it's awful, right? I was putting on a a good show of it and just, uh, but we we you know we splurged. We got the expensive cake and the reality of the cake is that most of it is icing I don't know I don't know what I don't know whether to complain about it I don't know whether to feel stupid about it but they put this huge amount of icing there's this uh, uh, fudge on the bottom and then this huge amount of this icing on the top like I seriously it's three-quarters icing and I was sort of crestfallen. Later, I was crestfallen. I just, like, did the video and sat back and just went, you know, 
this cake looks amazing, but, you know, it's, it should have layers, you know, and, you know, I'm feeling a bit stupid about it, and, you know, did, I want to go back and just sort of look at the label and say, you know, is this called chocolate icing cake? You know, is this some kind of grotesque fad? Because I want cake, I don't want icing. And, and too, that's the, you know, the 50-50 thing. It's like, you know, is the cake, you know, <laughs> what is it, half full, half empty? And, you know, I, I'm, I'm feeling better about it, but I was really considering, you know, hunting down whoever did this. <laughs> it's my book birthday! Don't you know how important it is? Uh... So it's just currently just, say, letting people uh, that I'm uh, connected with on uh, Twitter knowing about, uh, yeah, it's it's the birthday, it's one year. Uh, some people I've been in contact uh, through the whole year, and Gene um, uh, Lee who's uh, writing in the States, writing fantasy. And she just got traditionally published. remember getting help uh, from her and Lauren. And I think Lauren is in San Francisco. And she's, she's putting out books uh, on writing. And I think it's the INFJ. You can correct me, Lauren. And uh, uh, she she was helpful. I had people who weren't. Uh, you know, uh, there were a couple of writers say, "Why?" Uh, because my my publisher said, "Reach out to published authors, uh, say small press or whatever, and just say, hey, would you do a blurb of my book?'" And so I had I had some people who uh, refused to do that. Uh, you know, I had one writer who said um, that they didn't like it, right? They didn't like, you know, how he was writing and everything. And I, I remember being, feeling kicked to the curb and just like sort of, you know, okay, I got to be professional about this. And then uh, another reader uh, said it wasn't their uh, genre. So it wasn't so much about the writing. It was about um, that it was... A kind of middle grade, right? It was a uh, tween, right? So it was right on the, the cusp. Uh, but then I had uh, some some writers such as Jean uh, Lee and Lauren who who said yes, and they got it, right? So it was a lesson for me as well of that. Um, there, one of the lessons was approval, right? And try to sort of turn down the approval, you know, uh, whatever that thing is. And two, I think that's all about self-image, how you view yourself, and how to, uh, as uh, Joshua, I think it's Joshua, uh, he, he called it a reframing. So how do you reframe that? How do you change the frame you know, around your, you know, self-image, your perception, right? So that you're not desperate 
that's a good word for it, right? Because that desperation, it's just the worst. And uh, believing that things are terrible, right? How do you how do you change that belief? How do you how yeah? How do you reprogram yourself, your belief system, right? I don't know. I'll join a cult. It's the cult of me. <laughs> I will believe that everything is fine and awesome. Uh, uh, Mike, uh, Aaron, he's, a, he's another, another writer. Uh, he's, uh, he was an uh, early supporter uh, and really um, kept kept things on track for me as far as, uh, you know, it, it's just so good when there's at least someone in the room who's, um, you know, who sees the value and worth, even if he doesn't, right? I just appreciated kind of like the, the kind of coaching element or the kind of, um, yeah. So, and two, I wanted, I wanted to be that person for someone else as well. And I've, uh, so Mike inspired me. Ah, getting emotional. Yeah, yeah. And it's sort of like say, okay, I've got to go out and do this to three other people. <laughs> I've got to, uh, you know, push that, um, be helpful, but also say, you know, help out someone else, right? Don't let it stop here. Uh, so Mike's working on a, a pirate, uh, this girl who becomes a pirate, and it, and it seems really like his main character is in love with the the romanticism of of, of piracy, but not like she's. It's so blurred. It's like her her belief system, right, that she doesn't see the. She's got that filter, you know, the colored... She's got pirate-colored glasses. But it's very sort of romanticized, almost like a comic book, you know, superhero thing. And she's awesome, you know, but she's, you know, surrounded by, you know, real bloodthirsty uh, killers. Uh, you know, people who are just sort of like, what? And to my, my read of it is that this is a this this is a good person who is uh, <laughs> what is it almost too unable to see uh, you know you know that person in your life who's just so optimistic like they're a optimism superhero and it, it's I'm sure the grass is greener but. You know, these people seem to be just sort of, I don't know, I'll flip it around and say like bodhisattvas, right? Like they've just come back from Nirvana, and so they're going to help out a little bit, then they're going to head back to Nirvana. Okay. So that's, that's the book birthday. And there's, there's some there's some sort of tender 
tender, not meaning sort of uh, tender in the more more kind of uh, sensitive, feeling kind of tense and sore, right, about it. And part of me doesn't, you know, part of me isn't celebrating. And, you know, part of me wants somebody else to do it, to set up the party, invite people. Uh, it was a slog, you know, to get the cake, to, you know, get this hat. Uh, I required help, you know, to, to do those things. Um, I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to do any of this, you know, but, uh, but it was good to do. It was good to do. And so... Uh, well, sort of on the flip side, sort of on the flip side, I've, I've been working, one of the projects on the back burner is, it's, it's sort of a riff on a sword and sorcery that I was doing. Um, main character was called Corvus, and... I was I was thinking right away of my childhood friend Corby Cuff, who passed away. Local artist, um, and that what is that? So that project, that character. There was there was bits of me in the character. There's bits of my my journey, and now there's Corby's journey and. Um, let's see. It, it's, it's like, say, two sides of the equation that say, I have this fantasy world, a terrapin, and I, I really want to do right by what's going on. I really want to, I really want to, um, create something, a good something, right? Like a, Just to say, you know, something of value. Not, you know, so much money value, but something of... Um, to value people, right? To value individuals, to value yourself. And that's... That's a part. That's a part of me. But there's this other part where there's this... Um, there's this other character and this other side of myself, right? Who's this... Survivor, right? Greyhawk of Terrapin. It's a thirteen-year-old girl, and and uh, I know that it's not a very well-painted thirteen-year-old. Um, I, you know, just talking with uh, Patrick Bolivar, and he was saying he was helping me with my fourteen-year-old version of the main character, and saying, you know, no moss. There's a lot of anger, right? <laughs> you know. You know, I see this, but because he's he's got, uh, he 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 knows, right? Uh, he's in the loop, and so, uh, so yeah, I could tap into that. I've you know I've got rage. I can do that, but it was sort of a shift because I've created this sort of precocious um, 
precocious character. And this actually works because of the question of maturity and growing up. And so it's good to have that voice saying, you know, advising me and uh, guiding. You know, and, and yes, you know, I am open for, <laughs> you know, please influence me, right? You know, and two, I, you know, if, if something doesn't work, you know, I will shelve it or see, you know, you know, how can I interpret it, right? Uh, it's gold. You know, feedback is gold. Constructive criticism. So let's see. So I, I yeah. So I have this character. Uh, I have a manuscript. That's about half of a second draft before I had to jettison, and that it is. Uh, uh, more on the warpath kind of side of things and I think it's that I've uh, had to uh, sort of retrain retrain my brain and I've had to uh, let's see yeah um uh, when I was starting the story, I had this sort of Elric of Melnabone kind of character that I wanted to do. Uh, Elric of Melnabone is this sickly character, uh, and I have my sickly side. And there were other things that I was wanting to do. I wanted to bring in Dune because that was heavily influenced on me. So, kind of a mashup of the two. You know, two of two of these stories that are part part of my sort of fantasy world, and I wasn't I wasn't thinking, oh, this is set in Terrapin, and I, I just wrote, right, just uh, poured out, and just recently, uh, I was listening to the same music. Just within the last week, I heard this uh, band called The Sword, who do uh, heavy rock, heavy rock and roll, and uh, that's that's part of my equation. Right? I grew up with rock, uh, acid rock was a highlight, and in, in the music, though, I find there's a lot of... Um, Especially with the sword, I was finding this resonance, and I got very curious. Uh, they've they've created like a mythology. They have a personal mythology in the music. They're they're bringing in inspiration, uh, and that's interesting because I'm I'm getting inspired. I'm actually reading their lyrics, and just like, oh, this is awesome. And sitting down, and. Um, sort of planning out because uh, I have this manuscript for this sword and sorcery character and I want to continue it in the same kind of vein that Michael Moorcock did uh, Elric of Melnabone. Of course, you know, different, but uh, how's that done? Because it, it, that, it, it was done in the kind of pulp style, uh, you know, like weird tales you know, say, Conan, where 
you get these short stories, these blasts and hits of, um, you know, magic and violence and It's 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 almost like, you know, to break it into the th- three acts. Act one, you know, the the arrival at the uh, tomb or palace or shrine, and then, uh, you know, act two, we have you know in its you know, the two halves of act two, you know this eventual confrontation with this um, cosmic horror, right? Let's bring in some Lovecraft, because he was actually connected to uh, Robert E. Howard. Is it Robert E. Howard? For Conan. I'm thinking the Conan author. author. Right, yeah. I, I'm, I keep mixing up Edgar Rice Burroughs. But um, Robert E. Howard was Conan, and he was connected to Lovecraft, and, and so there was this sort of cross-pollinization that was going on. But I, um, yeah, so I, I read, I read those stories, I read some Elric, and, and of course the, the third act of these short stories, you know, is, the, is defeating whatever sort of monster or um, alien deity, you know, it is. You know, and that's what these stories were. It was just you know one after the other, adventure after the adventure, and you know all of the all of the I don't want to say exposition, but everything was sort of stripped out. So it was just this lean machine. There there was some flowery um, description, but it's a lot of good stuff. For some reason, I'm thinking of the dream couches uh, in Elric of Melnabone. And, and the dream couches, it, it's referred to in the first book, that his education, that he, he goes and he goes to the dream couch. And in the dreams, he's studying. Like he has, there's teachers, instructors in the dreams. So you can study for a thousand years and then and then you wake up with all of this knowledge and that this this is the kind of uh, enchantment and sorcery that uh, we have in Elric's world uh, especially say him because his his family and his culture and people are sorcerers right they are kind of like the uber civilization for uh, sorcery magic enchantment love that right that dreams dreams allow um, travel and learning and th- and then you you know of course you wake up you come back but there's also that uh, that, the, that the dreams bend uh, bend time and space right so it's it's the dreams that are kind of the science you know it's the time machine and and yet not I, I didn't I didn't get a sense of time traveling but I did get a sense of <clears throat> you know encountering say other you know alien beings who are doing the same thing or um, it's 
So that would be quite cool to have, <clears throat> you know, en encounters with aliens, like, say, dreams, and then you encounter these, uh, these beings from other worlds within, within the sa uh, fantasy kind of framework. Let's see, how are we doing? Halfway. So, <clears throat> so I was doing, um, I was listening to The Sword, this um, hard rock group, and I was hearing things I liked. I was hearing Led Zeppelin, and I was hearing Black Sabbath, um, like say, you know, th the best of, right? These things that uh, I've enjoyed. And like say Led Zeppelin's Immigrant Song. Oh, just so powerful. And I don't know if you've ever seen the lyrics, but it's got frightening lyrics, right? It's all about um, this brutality and, and of being this brute. And it's, it's told from the perspective of, of uh, one, of these, one of these war pigs, just to sort of cross-pollinate there from uh, Black Sabbath, the band uh, Ozzy Osbourne. You know, that's where he's from, Black Sabbath. And, uh, but that song, uh, the immigrant song, the lyrics, it's all about uh, war. It's all about you know, oppressing another people. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's about ruining them and destroying them and being more powerful than they are and then giving them the, this advice, you know, rebuild all your ruins and, you know, this domination. And it's, it's the music alone is very invigorating, but you add the lyrics, um, not just say how it's being sung, but if you just, you know, you bring in the, the lyrics, um, the title, Immigrant Song, that was a mystery from, you know, to me for, I never bothered to read the lyrics, you know, and all of a sudden it sort of, you know, puts it all together, you know, this is the, this is the song of the immigrant, you know, <clears throat> is it the, You know, it, I'm just sort of thinking of it. You know, the cause, the cause of the immigration. You know, leaving, leaving your country, and my my experience. I, I'm sure that somewhere in your background, you've you've had this kind of exodus, right? Where your, uh, you know, branches of your family they they had to leave. If you're in North America, <coughs> and say you're not, um, you're not. Uh, Aboriginal, you know, your Aborigine is from somewhere else. Like, say, are you a, an Aboriginal of Scotland, say, or are you an Aboriginal of Africa, right? And uh, I was just talking with one writer who was learning about their uh, African roots, and like they had gotten the test done. And uh, you know, the, you know, that's a it's a really big, heavy thing, right? Finding out, uh, you know, that especially that. Uh, and two, there's a, there's an element of uh, a slavery, not an element, right? They did, you know, you know, it's that story, right? And that's heavy, heavy stuff. It's heavy stuff for me. When I heard about it, I was just I walked away from it, going, "Whoa, 
right? You know, that's that's intense. Uh, the thing, the only thing that comes close to me, it's not the same. It's uh, recently learning about my family, my Irish roots. My last name is Irish, and my uh, biological father was Irish. I didn't get to connect with my uh, my family for years. Biological family, and and so finally I did, and you know, getting to you know know people and everything, and it's very it's very touch and go, because you know I'm like you know, who are you and. Again, it's getting to approval, right? Wanting to be approved. Uh, let's see. But yeah, and uh, uh, but there's a, there's a story. There's part of the history is uh, leaving uh, Ireland, and that that was during the potato famine, uh, caused by you know caused by England. And then uh, perpetuated by the uh, British and Irish merchants and, uh, say, people receiving food that was meant for uh, Irish families and farmers. It's sort of like all, all the food, because like, there was this effort to, uh, to help. There was this sort of charity coming from England, and all of that food was... Or not all of it, but, you know, enough of it was taken away that it, you know, it didn't actually assist. Anyway, so my family, uh, uh, the Whelans, yeah, my family, the Whelans. The wolves of Ireland. Uh, the, Whel the Whelans left. We left, we were able to get out, got to England, uh, set up shop. You know, and from the photos and everything, you know, things, things got better, at least for that, you know, that branch of, uh, of the family. So interesting to read about the, the landowners and, you know, hard times. If you couldn't pay your rent, they'd burn your roof, right? They say, you can't live here. I'll force you to leave by burning, burning your roof, Wreck, wrecking your home. And often, too, these, you know, these landowners weren't uh, Irish, right? So there's, and too, that sort of circles back to the, the immigration part of the equation. And, and too, I was, you know, thinking about uh, the Salish people uh, here in Vancouver. Uh, the Halkamalam, speaking the Halkamalam language. Uh, you know, that's on the, the brink of extinction, right? And there's been this immigration to Vancouver, you know, and this sort of holding up this flag of uh, what we're, we're calling, or the government is calling, multiculturalism. You know, while, the, while this uh, language, uh, and really the, these people, this culture is going extinct, This uh, what is it called? Crypto, crypto racism, uh, crypto cultural genocide. <laughs> I'm off track, but I'm on track. <laughs>
I think too that that's my difficulty with this podcast is that you know what's it about I know what it's about it's about writing but it's also about the mind and so it's I guess it's a it's a matter of finding people that are into that and who want to go there uh yeah because it's tough I don't like it And two, it's it, it, like say I I felt I had to make a decision, and about where, you know, am I going to continue? Because I reached a point where I was like I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to just talk about writing. You know, because I, uh, <clears throat> that's just part of the equation. And two, it's uh, talking about the psyche is uh, super important. Yeah. Ah, uh, so the the stuff that I'm the stuff that I'm writing the um, this story about Corby and I, you know, ish. It's heavily veiled and everything like that. It's its own story, but you know, thinking about this this character and. But going on, you know, having these stories, these adventures, where it's just wandering the world, and um, one of the characters that came to mind, there are a bunch of characters that I wanted to go to, um, besides Elric and Conan, these kind of wandering adventurers. Uh, one is the, the Ronin lone wolf and cub who was a um, comic book in Japan, comic book character, of this traveling uh, assassin, once executioner, whose uh, wife has been murdered, and now he and his son are out for revenge. And it's like, oh, Moss, why would you choose something like that? Uh, I I think it has to do with the knight. It's a fallen knight. Somebody who's lost their lord, right? Their um, their king, and who's now not only wandering, but has this mission. And I'm going, yeah, that's me. It's it's, uh, it's me and Corby. You know, uh, baby Corby. I got to see Corby when he was a little kid. And I got to see what was. Uh, done to him and so <clears throat> how can we make this right this memory of of uh, the cub and too it's me I know that but I you know keep thinking about Corby right so every day <sighs> stay alive fight is there a fight yes there's a fight uh, the listening to the sword reading um, the lyrics you know of this these songs and sort of adopting them 
and going, this is my war. You know, my enemy are these demons, these monsters who, you know, live in this, you know, utopia. You know, and right away you know it's a dystopia. And, you know, they refuse to take responsibility. And no one is, you know, no one is taking them on because they're too powerful. Which is, which is our situation. You know, they won't listen to us. They won't raise a finger. They won't stop, you know, this violence against children. It's all lip service sweeping under the carpet. You know, I've, I've told everyone. And so it's sort of, now I'm just left with, you know, writing, this is the story I'm writing. Or this is like, you know, a facet. And so... So yeah, uh, let's see, the story, so how I'm envisioning it is that there's, there is this lone wolf and cub character, uh, these elements of Mad Max, you know, this sort of fallen world, technology, you know, the remnants of technology and uh, sort of a post-apocalyptic feel to it. <laughs> Bit of Samurai Jack there. And, but the ultimate, it's kind of like, say, with the Dark Tower, we have this, you know, Stephen King's cowboy. We have this, we have this ultimate goal, right? We know that it's going to happen eventually, this showdown that does happen in Lone Wolf and Cub. But it's about, say, this journey, and it's about amassing friends and allies and information, knowledge, magic weapons, um, in a way the, the crisis has already happened, you know, we've, well, we start off in a crisis, and so it's all about righting wrongs, um, I've got a, I've got a playlist on YouTube, which all these, you know, starting with the sword, I'm sure they're gonna, uh, shut down some of the videos because it's copyright infringement, I'm sure. But I really, I really love uh, the swords. Um, oh gosh, what's it called? Just a second, I actually took a photo of the, the playlist because it had... It was just all, for me, it was all goodness. It was just like, yes, yes, yes. You know, this is, this is my, this is the album for the, uh, the work in progress. So it's, uh, Burial's Blade. And there's this refrain of, behold, the bastard sword. And then it goes on and on. 
describing how the sword is made, kind of like um, how M- Michael Moorcock, he, he, he reads, he's read aloud for, quote-unquote, his band, uh, Hawkwind, but he's, he's read aloud the Chronicles of the Black Blade, which is this epic introduction. And it has the energy, and I find myself just riding on the momentum of it and returning into sort of like, you know, oh my gosh, how can, you know, I want to use this. I want to, this is, this is us. Uh, this is mine. This is my war against against these two houses. How do I take them down? How do I make them pay? <clears throat> you know, it's so. It's I'm just looking at these like as a episodic chunks where. And, I, and to how do I sum up these two houses, right? How do I sum up these people? You know, how do I, how do I paint this picture of, you know, how beautiful they are on the outside? You know, all oh, these idyllic, uh, you know, hippie um, pacifists who would, oh, we'd never hurt anyone, right? Uh, but they're, you know, these are demons. Right, these are fiends uh, worshiping Moloch. You know, they they kill children, and so how do I sort of group that together? How do I, you know, create that uh, sum sum up the the villain? You know, it's it's the uh, everything until the last. Uh, the last episode, right? Everything until the last, the final battle. It's uh, it's all about dealing with the the henchmen, right? You know, every story is just the henchmen, just the henchmen, you know, just the henchmen, and then finally we get to the the leader, right? The boss, you know, who's sitting there in the in this throne of dead children. You know, and uh, may, maybe the way to do it is to sort of that, you know, kind of like, say, Elric's people, right? Because Elric's, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of his civilization. And, and two, you know, it's easy to see he's talking about the British Empire. He's talking about the fall of the British Empire. He's talking about uh, being against the British Empire and all of the evil, right, that it has done such as, like, the Opium Wars or what they've done over here in Canada, you know, and this multiculturalism bullshit while we destroy, um, you know, people, human beings, you know. Beautiful language, beautiful culture. But, you know, we want their real estate. Come on over, you know, buy, buy this land that isn't ours. 
you know, no one, no one gave it, you know, no one said it's okay. And two, that place is mine. You know, I own, you know, that, those two houses, that utopia, you know, that's my, my place. And, you know, I say, so it's, yeah, it's all about defining, defining these people you know, who refuse to do the right thing, you know, who reveal their true colors by their lack of action, <clears throat> lack of empathy, lack of sympathy, lack of ethics. You know, how do I, how do I build, you know, that, those people? I think, too, that, you know, this, um, I think, I think, too, that it's, that to sort of sit on that throne as those people and to to imagine what it's like right that they are they are you know these the worst canadians north americans these eurocentric uh monsters who you know who celebrate you know oh look at us we're so great doing this thing you know look at this environment right this social, this uh, communal living environment. Look at this. Look what we've done. I'm so great. You know, ego, ego. And uh, status as well. You know, because I'm not living, you know, me, I'm not living. Moss Whelan does not live there, right? Who is this guy? Oh, that happened a long time ago, right? We're, we're not part of that. We're not responsible that's not what we're doing right now. And I, I think that that's the moral ambiguity of my villain. And too, of, of, of his, it's, it's his uh, culture, his, his world vision view, right? His paradigm. My villain, is, it's all about uh, civilization. And this is necessary. And oh, so sorry to hear about, you know, you know, the loss that you and, you know, your family and, you know, community has suffered. I'm so sorry. Sorry to hear that, you know, this abuse went on and on and on. I'm so sorry. And, and, yeah, so that's where I am. Thanks for listening. I'm, I'm listening, I'm, I'm thinking about, I'm hearing myself talking about building this villain, and and sort of translating this garbage that I'm getting, uh, this denial. I'm just translating it. It's like, okay, well, you know, they're they're coming across as very beautiful, right? And I'm coming across as this. Um, you know, I'm, I'm horrible. I'm horrible for bringing it up, you know. And so I, I, I'm just sort of imagining the, the legislation going on at the, uh, at, you know, at these highest levels of this pure, uh, you know, 
what is it called, puritanical Puritans, these Puritans at the top of this, um, you know, this, uh, this amazing city where they live at. Just remembering, you know, I've been, I've been sourcing all of this material for, for years, like English lit, studying mythology, and Troy, Troy is described as this, this beautiful city of mortal men. I think that's the translation, like, from Homer. I've, I've read it in a couple different ways, but, you know, it's this beautiful city of mortal men, and... That, too, is my villain. My villain is Newest Minster, right? I've asked Newest Minster to stop. You know, I've asked Newest Minster to step in. You know, I, I know people from this community, right, who are refusing to, you know, stand with me, right? So... So it's alone, and uh, sort of, uh, you know, like lone wolf. You know, it's like you take my child, and <coughs> begin, begin to tell this story, right? You know, this the story of the Troy of New Westminster, and how. Uh, how I will get justice. Just, uh, remembering getting this contact. I was, I was called about uh, Corby's death. And, you know, the, the, the person was crying and telling me that they didn't know how serious it was. They thought we were joking. You know? They thought, in their mind, it was beautiful. There was nothing wrong. All of, you know, all of these, oh, it was just like these little moments. Right? Everything was great. We were good. You know? We, we, we would never do anything bad. And this person's on the phone weeping. And I'm... I was, uh, I was enraged. Uh, and two, it didn't stop. There wasn't anything beyond this. There wasn't anything like, a, okay, Moss, all right, I'm, I'm signing up with you, right? Let's meet. Let's, you know, meet for coffee. You know, let's rally the forces, the troops, right? No. Nothing. Nothing. And uh, I think I mentioned it before, but uh, feeble... Uh, feeble-minded people. Uh, yeah. So, so it's just, it's just me and the green gun. It's just me and, uh, me and the baby. And we'll do this one adventure at a time. Uh, until we bring down these two houses. These two beautiful houses of mortal men. And make it right. You know, because... Because it's so wrong. It's just... It's so wrong, and I'm so tired 
of holding it and carrying it and you know not being able to celebrate my birthday right okay that's it thanks for listening and uh, good luck with uh, creating your your villains and giving them depth giving them the external conflict against your your hero and giving them the personal conflict within their own ranks and then their internal conflict uh, why to create a 3d character you know because uh, you want it to mean something when they go down all right take care